Until 1840, oh, hell. this building was the site of Newton Haven's first post office, until an enterprising business fellow decided that far from befitting the sending and receiving of mail, it was perhaps better suited as a humble tap room where a weary traveller might get swatted. Come on! Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to another mini-soap. We, we plan on doing more of these. This is one that's kind of a necessity. We uh, did the Edgar Wright cast, but there was one little movie that we hadn't had a chance to see yet, The World's End. It would just feel wrong for us not to give our thoughts on the movie, especially because we both have a lot of thoughts on it. I know, I, I saw it again recently. I brought my dad to see it. You saw it a few days ago. Yes, there's been a bit of a delay just because I don't get to go to the movies the way that I used to because I, uh, you know, I just don't have time right now. I'm busy, again, I'm busy planning a wedding and such. But uh, I took my fiance and her best friend from Dallas. Hi, Mika. We had free passes to go to the theater and we couldn't think of much to go see, and so as we were kind of whittling them down, I, I made a good strong push for this one, and that's what we saw. Good choice. Yeah, let's, without any further ado, man, it was a perfect choice. I'm going to say right now that the three of us howled like hyenas watching the movie. I have to say, no spoilers, but it was uh, kind of the same with Dad and I in our theater. Like, it wasn't real crowd. There were maybe like 10 to 12 people in there, including us. When the Cornetto shows up, we were the only ones that were like just laughing hard. I don't think anybody else in the theater got it, which is a shame. No. And I think I was the only one of, I think I was the only person in the theater who got it too. I think Mika did too because she knew about it and she'd explained it to Amanda, but I know that the rest of the crowd that we saw it with was kind of dead actually. That stinks. Yeah, unfortunately, these are kind of niche films. They are, but we are obviously the niche, so, uh... That's right. Man, what to say about this film? Uh, without getting into spoilers, which sucks. Because um, yeah. there are a few things that, you know, I could say that are very spoilery. Like, there, the thing I noticed the second time around was there, like Sean, like Hot Fuzz, there are a lot of things that do kind of fold back. There are things that set up other things. I have to say that uh, in Matthew Buck's projector review of it, he gave it a good review. And he rightly said that it was good enough to where he didn't know where to place it in the other films as far as quality, or as far as how he liked them. Uh, but he didn't like the end. I have to disagree strongly. I do too. That's the only way that film could have ended. It is. It is. It's it's a very appropriate and very fitting ending. Man, look, we gotta talk about the first 15 minutes. If we, if we can use anything to sell people on seeing this movie, it's that, for me, the first 15 minutes are the most laugh-packed thing I have seen in a theater in years. I, I can't think of a stretch with more jokes that landed than that first 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that the film goes downhill from there. The pacing changes, and it kind of starts to get a little bit more plot-heavy. But when it's in that setup period, and we're really getting the jokes coming at you hard and fast, my back was hurting. I was struggling to keep up. <laughs> it's pretty dense. He packs his films. Things we can talk about, like the pacing was more like Shaun of the Dead, just in the fact that, like, Hot Fuzz was boom, 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 and uh, very, very tight. This was also tight, but in a slower-paced way. Just that, again, that setup, and then 
boom, it hits you. It is. It's very much that way. It's, it's really well edited. It's really well shot. Technical levels are as strong as you expect. Wright carries over his DP from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Bill Pope shot this one as well, so it has a really good look to it. I only saw this from one source, but I have to confirm the budget on it. <laughs> Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy. On the on the Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy Wikipedia page, yes, there is one. Of course there is. There is actually a chart of recurring cast members. That's pretty awesome. And some, like, voice only. Oh, shit, apparently... Apparently, Peter Serafinowicz had a cameo in The World's End. Didn't see him, but... I did not, no. But yeah, I, I'm i sure he was in there. Uh... But let's see. Box office? Budget. Yep, it cost $20 million to make, which is actually the most expensive film of the trilogy because Hot Fuzz was 12 and Star of the Dead was 6. Let's take note of the fact that these movies cost this much to make. Right. Hollywood, there's a big lesson here. These movies have also... Return profits, pretty strong profits. Worldwide, it's made thirty-two million, so it's made twelve million back. You know, obviously these are not major profits, but they're solid, reliable profits, and these are films that will play forever on video. Oh god, yeah. So yeah, it's amazing what uh, Wright was able to do with that low budget because the film looks really solid. Yeah, it does not look cheap. You can tell all the money is on the screen and beyond. Like with all the talent. Oh yeah. Talking about some of the some of the things they uh, did different. Like the film definitely stands on its own. It is a true sci-fi, which is great, which is what I expected, just because of how they play with the genres in the other two films. Peg and Frost kind of switch up their characters a bit. And it's funny how well they pull that off. Yeah, this time out, Frost is the much more serious, grounded one, the one who's really grown up and matured. Peg is just barking at the moon insane. <laughs> really, really is. This is the first time that I've really seen Peg completely unleashed as the comic relief. The Star Trek films aside, because he's certainly the comic relief there. Oh, yeah. He's really unleashed in this movie, and it's a joy to see, because he pulls it off. Even though this is kind of the first time we've seen him do this, it does not seem out of place at all. No. It feels natural. It feels like, huh, yeah, I can't believe I haven't seen him do this before. It's it's really a great experience to see what this team can do, and I mean, really, as much credit that can be given to Nick Frost needs to be, because he does some really heavy lifting in this film, especially on a dramatic level, and he just really grows up here, and it's nice to see. Like, I think I could, without spoilers, quote one of his, one of his best lines in there. Any old person can go into a pub and order a beer. It takes real balls to go into a pub with a bunch of big ugly brutes drinking their alcohol and order a tap water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's really interesting. It's also going to be noted, this is the most that Wright has played with thematic ideas in, in this mm -hmm. film. This is, this is a much heavier film in terms of stuff that you leave the film thinking about. I think the sci-fi demanded that. It does. The sci-fi angle really did demand that, and he delivered. If you don't bring some ideas to, to your science fiction, then you're failing at taking advantage of what it does. Right. Because the whole, yeah, the whole point of science fiction is to, like, it gives a commentary on, on the state of the modern world uh, in, a very, in a very fantastic way. 
And I think Wright and Peg really pull that off in their script. Again, we really want to de delve as far away from spoilers as we can, but the central idea of the film is that nostalgia is a cancerous thing. Yeah. Nostalgia and just, you know, moving on with life. Society as a whole, really. It, it's ironic that that's the idea, you know, the idea that you can't go back and recapture your past glory. It's ironic that that's the idea that drives this film. This is made by uh, a group of people getting together for the first <laughs> full time in six years. Technically speaking, we do have to remember that they did collaborate somewhat in 2011 with Wright co-writing the script to uh, Tintin. Peg and Frost has a small role in. They play the twins, don't they? Yes, Thompson and Thompson. Perfect. So, I mean, there is that. It, it's funny that, okay, these guys are getting back together for the first time in six years, and... They completely recapture their past glory. Oh, yeah. And I really, Peg and Frost have not really left each other's side in all this time. They they uh, wrote and started together in Paul. I think they've been in a few other things together. Yeah, they, they're just very constant collaborators. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was the whole point of Peg wanting to get Frost into acting, is so that he could, you know, he could act with his best friend. I think it's the viewers that have really been the victors there. Mm-hmm. And oh, Frost has gone to do uh, great solo work too. If you if you've ever seen Attack the Block, he's great in that. I have not yet seen that. Mm, so good. Produced by produced by Wright. Now it's worth noting uh, that was uh, Joe Cornish that directed that. Mm-hmm. It's his first thing he's directed. Well, we noted that uh, Cornish was listed as co-writer on Wright's next film, which just got a release date. Yes. Good segue, by the yes. way. Uh, Ant Man just got a release date of. July 31st, 2015, and so we have that to look forward to. That's less than two years away, people. Yeah. A little less than two years. And uh, this time he'll be working with the Marvel Juggernaut, so I don't mean character Juggernaut. <laughs> it's 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 going to be the first Phase 3 film in the right. uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is an honor. Yeah. And it'll be good for Wright because Marvel is famously one of the most creative, friendly places you can go to work. So mm -hmm. that awaits us in 2015. But right now, this film, it's not going to be out in theaters for much longer. Probably headed for DVD next. I wouldn't be surprised if, maybe not immediately, but sometime along the line, if Wright pushes for the release of, like, a trilogy pack. That's going to happen, especially because uh, Universal controls the rights to all three films. True. So it's totally possible. I, I mean, again, I'm just going to really say, we've talked very sparsely about the film because we have to talk around it. We just want y'all to go see it. Go see it before it's out. This cast was recorded the same day that it was published, so there's not much lag there. It's still out. Go see it. Go see it. Go laugh yourself silly. That's all that I have to say is go... You'll laugh, you'll get something out of it. I actually, Amanda had not seen Hot Fuzz when we saw it, and I doubled back and made sure that she saw it last night. <laughs> Boy, that one holds up again, so. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So lots of love for this one. This one, it delivers. It delivers everything you hope for, and in time we'll do a more spoilery discussion on it, I'm sure. It'll come back up. Oh, yeah. One thing that I kind of kept from the last cast, because I didn't really release it in time, uh, I actually did go see the uh, this opening night at the Alamo with the trilogy screening. So I actually did get to see Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and World's End back-to-back, -back, and man, it fits. I'm sure it did. It was so perfect. On that note, we, we will holler at you later. Bye, people. Bye.